shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, you just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. In our multifaceted, multidimensional world, complicated issues arise every day. With these problems often growing and intertwining with others, it's important to probe all the linkages to develop effective solutions. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is Guns, HIV, and Teens. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. We have an informative program in store for you today as we examine some of today's most relevant issues from biological, intellectual, and social perspectives. I think today's show is really important to Asia, so let's dive right in. I thought it would be a perfect time to do a Health with Henna segment today because HIV-AIDS is a topic engulfed in so many misconceptions and misperceptions and it's high time to set the record straight. I want to begin by giving you a brief synopsis and history of the matter before we start dispelling some of the common myths. Now, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, or AIDS, is a disease of the human immune system caused by an infection with the human immunodeficiency virus, also known as HIV. The earliest known case of infection of an HIV strain in a human was found in a blood sample in 1959, from a man in Kinshasa, the capital city of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Now, scientists don't know how he became infected, but later research has pointed to a type of chimpanzee in West Africa as the source of HIV infections in humans. We know that HIV has been in the U.S. since at least the mid to late 1970s, and in 1982, public health officials officially began using the term Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome, which is the acronym that AIDS stands for. And this was used to describe the curious immune system conditions that they were seeing. And then finally, in 1983, scientists pinpointed HIV as the virus that causes AIDS. Now, HIV is a lentivirus, meaning that it comes from a family of viruses where one of the characteristics is long incubation periods. Well, what does that mean? Well, this means that the AIDS virus is so dangerous because a person could be harboring HIV for many years before mm-hmm. even knowing that they're actually infected. And then symptoms, once they begin to show, the de- disease can already be in devastating periods. And so that's why, Asia, I think it's so important that people really understand this disease because yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions mm-hmm. about it and it's not always apparent like many other diseases that we're more familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to know. So once you like, you don't even know if you could possibly get somebody infected, you know, with the um, uh, 
unprotected sex and, and everything else that can happen when um, you can possibly transfer that disease. And it's so hard knowing if you have it or not unless you get tested. Right. Testing is so important. And it's also important to understand the basic path of affliction for AIDS. Mm-hmm. Although it affects each person differently, the general pattern is that after you're first infected, there's a brief period of an influenza-like illness. Yeah. And after this, there's an extended period of time where there's no show of symptoms whatsoever. And that's the really scary part. But as the infection progresses, it begins to interfere more and more with the immune system. And that makes the person much more susceptible to common infections like tuberculosis, as well as opportunistic infections. And those are things that healthy people typically wouldn't get infected with. But when your immune system is really down, that's when these pathogens get in and infect you. So mm-hmm. what you find with HIV and AIDS is that it's not so much that disease itself, but the other diseases that come about because your immune system is so weak. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard because, you know, sometimes people people usually um, uh, kind of associate with your immune system being down with, like, your um, – your health, like, you know, you may not be diet, dieting correctly and you may not be eating the right foods because, you know, with sugar, if you eat so much of it or bad foods like that, it brings your immune system down. So people think that's what's going on. And really, there's a much more serious problem than that. Yeah, there can be a tendency to misappropriate the blame. But I think it's important also to look at a lot of the statistics because this problem mm-hmm. is hitting home closer than we might think. Yeah, it's not one of those diseases that we only hear about in the media. Increasingly, it's affecting you know, maybe neighbors down the street or, you know, kids that you're interacting with. I mean, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, almost 10,000 young people between the ages of 13 to 24 in the U.S. had been diagnosed with HIV by the end of 2010. Yeah. So this is affecting all age groups, and it's ever more important for teens to be aware of that as well. This is not just something for adults. Yeah. Although by the end of 2010, about 1,144,500 people between 13 and older, so the whole age spectrum, had HIV in the U.S. So this is increasing. This is a really critical issue to tackle. I think the way that we can start to undercut it is by dispelling some of the myths. So one myth is that you can get HIV by just being around people who are HIV positive. And we know after research, after research, after research for many, many years that this is completely false. And this was one of those big scares that was going around in the 90s or during that time period when Magic Johnson was affected and Mm -hmm. um, people were really afraid to even be around people who were HIV positive. And that kind of created a taboo sort of environment. And people were afraid to talk about this issue. And I think some of those misconceptions and that taboo nature have persisted today. And you don't hear a lot of conversation about this issue simply because those misperceptions have persisted. But we know that HIV is not spread through touch, through tears, through sweat or saliva. So you can hug a person with HIV. You can drink water from the same fountain. You can use the same exercise equipment at a gym. You can share eating utensils with an HIV positive person. I mean, clearly you want to make sure you're taking healthy precautions that you would toward any individual. You want to be hygienic. But you Mm -hmm. don't need to go over the top, you know, not even wanting to sit down on the same chair that an HIV positive person sat on because that's not the way it's transmitted. No, not airborne. Yeah. And uh, even though I think we have so many new advancements to treat HIV positive people, 
you, you can't have the mentality that even if you contract it, the new drugs will keep you well. I think that's a really vital topic to hit at because in this age, we are so blessed, I think, that so that these researchers have gotten together and there's been years and decades and centuries worth of research on many health issues, not just AIDS. Yeah. And so we kind of think that we're invisible in a way, in, in, mm-hmm. invisible, in, what is that Invincible. Word? Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But we're yeah, not. I think it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty serious. You know, we're having all this new, um, advancements in medicine and, and all these new drugs and pills that we can take that can protect us from all these things. But really, you know, um, HIV and AIDS is something that we still haven't completely explored. It's still something that we don't fully understand. So just because there's something that can probably curb whatever there is that's going on, it doesn't mean it's going to completely cure us. So we still have to be pretty, uh, pretty aware of, that disease. Right. I mean, it's only been just over 30 years since we've actually identified the virus mm-hmm. itself. And so and it hadn't even been uh, completely understood. It hadn't even been come up with a cure yet. There's still much more to learn from it. So Absolutely. can't be too, can't be too uh, oblivious to it, I guess. Is right. The word. And too confident on that one either, because the problem with the AIDS virus is HIV is that it morphs so frequently Mm-hmm. So once you get vaccinated, the way that vaccines work is that you get vaccinated with a weakened form of a virus or a deadened form of the virus. Yeah. And that builds up your immune response. So when you come in contact with an, a, a live form of the virus or bacteria, you're able to muster up an immune response to it. Um, but that only works for certain strains. However, it the does. HIV continues to change at an ever-increasing rate. And that's why it's so hard to develop a vaccine that will work for all these different strains of HIV. It is. Vaccines are are pretty hard to to, uh, kind of control, I guess, because my uncle actually, he was going on a missions trip to, I think, I don't remember where he was going, but he got, he had to get vaccinated for all these different diseases like yellow fever, uh, valley fever. He had to get uh, vaccinated for something else. And and he got sick from it because it didn't work very well. And he was very close to death. And it was very scary. And so with that, it's it's hard to determine whether or not it's yeah. going to work. I think, you know, with the whole uh, virus thing, I think that we just need to have our eyes open, not be so closed off. We need to be able to be able to talk about it, I think. So, well... Thank you very much, Henna, for sharing all this crucial information. I think it's very important to talk about that and take a comprehensive look at health issues to both avoid them and safely combat them. So during the break, be sure to visit our website at expressyourselfteenradio.com to see photos, descriptions, links, and more. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Henna Hundel. Also, please check out our charity website at btsya.org and our fun and informative videos on youtube.com forward slash be the star you are. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our conversation. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time 
on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today our show is all about the tough topics that need to be addressed. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. We're going to pull back the curtains now to examine one of, the we- one of these weighty issues, gun violence. Whether it be on the streets of our major cities, in our schools, or in our homes, gun violence is, pl- is plaguing the nation and the world. A frightening state of affairs. The question hangs over all of our heads. How do we curl tail it? To give us some perspective on the topic, we're honored to welcome Yasmin Shiraz to the program. Yasmin is the author of more than eight books, including Retaliation, a book which won an award from the American Library Association it was an, and was an exclusive Amazon number one bestseller, and she has authored the critically acclaimed Blueprint for My Girls series. She's also an award-winning filmmaker of the Girl Fight Awareness film, Can She Be Saved? as well as a producer of the Sources web series. She's CEO of the Still I Rise Media, a publishing and production company. Yasmin masterfully explores these societal issues that are eyesores that might seem uncomfortable or inconvenient for us to address. But instead of turning our heads away from the matter, Yasmin powerfully reminds us that we need to face these problems with courage and conviction. Yasmin, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to talk about this with you, and I really appreciate the work that you do. So why do you feel that there are more stories in the news involving gun violence today? You know, I think there is a higher level of frustration among uh, parents, and sort of research has been showing just a trickle-down, meaning that, you know, if the economy is affecting uh, parents and and they are stressed out. That stress comes down to the young people, and so a lot of times, um, young people are feeling that they don't have anywhere to turn, they don't have anyone to talk to, they don't have anywhere to go. And and what we're seeing in gun violence out of sheer frustration and not enough support. Mm, okay, that's very wow. true. How can we start to give that support? How can we really start to effectuate change? You know, we hear a lot of talk about this in the media. There's so many op-eds coming out in newspapers because of all these new gun violence incidents. But how do we start that change, especially among teenagers? 
You know, I think that um, there are a lot of different initiatives that we need to start. And I know our young people are not in voting age right now. But if there are parents listening to our show, we need to, you know, speak with our Congress people and get some more resources for like the charities that we have, just like the charity that sponsors this show. Charities need support in order to do that outreach, to do that after school mm-hmm. program, to do that counseling mm-hmm. program. We are not um, supported in the ways in the, the community is lacking support in the ways that we should be helping young people. And so in many ways, we the community that used to, you know, have an um, after school program to keep young people off the streets, to keep them away from guns. Those the funding in those areas has been cut. Um, parents also, I think, play a key role. Some, so many. They, I keep seeing um, reports where people are talking about how you know parents and and children are not even having dinner together anymore. So that frustration that a young person feels, say they were bullied, say they were picked on, say they were jumped. A lot of times, they're not even having that conversation with a parent at the in the home. Yeah. So parents have got to get more engaged with the young people. I I completely agree on that. You know, my family and I are very close. We're very lucky to have that. And um, we grew up around guns. We moved from California to Arizona, a very different uh, culture between those two states. And we moved to a town where you were able to open carry and conceal carry. And we grew up with respect for guns. We grew up with knowledge on how you handle them and what you do while you're around them and the, the responsibility that comes with that. So our parents were very smart about that. They taught us, you know, the dangers on what happens if you handle them incorrectly and the responsibility that you have on yourself when you're handling a gun. And I think it just comes down to parents being responsible and talking to their children about this and I think it just it's responsibility and talking talking to their children in general and you know how should parents talk to teens about guns it's a very uh, serious subject and you know people need to hear about it and you know some parents may not want to talk about it but I think we really need to put that out there so how do you think that parents should talk to teens about guns well, you know, having the conversation, just like if we're going to talk about the weather, it's like, hey, let's talk about guns. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it, it might sound really crazy to open up the conversation that way. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes the best way to approach a topic is, in fact, head on. And mm-hmm. so um, I believe that people should talk about it. And the thing of it is, is that a, a parents don't want their kids to get into a situation where something that they've done with a gun, you know, changes the trajectory for the rest of their lives. Right. And so it, it's worth people being uncomfortable for 15 or 20 minutes to have yeah. that conversation. So whichever yeah. way that you, you know, broach the topic, I say, you know, let's talk about guns and just, you know, mm-hmm. put that, up, you know, after we pass the bread and put the sauce on the spaghetti. Now we're yeah. talking about guns. That's yeah. very well put. Absolutely. And you mentioned after school programs, you know, when things like this get cut and outlets for young people increasingly diminish, people start turning to guns. And what more could schools be doing to help teens go away from guns? I mean, we talked about after school programs. Should um, schools be putting up presentations, 
Should they be requiring teens to do research projects about guns? I mean, what more could schools be doing right now to cut well, this problem? Yes, I definitely um, agree. You know, the D.A.R.E. program, um, which, you know, keeping kids off drugs has been a successful throughout the U.S. Uh, I think that type of initiative uh, is really good as well. That generally focuses on the elementary and middle school um, grades. But I think that having, you know, police force, you know, the police um, departments coming into the schools and having a discussion or what have you so that young people mm. have a relationship yeah. with the community and with the police force. And that's not what we, that's not what's going on in a lot of communities in the U.S. But the, but the police who want to keep the community safe I feel a lot of the responsibility should fall on their arms and on their shoulders because the teachers oftentimes don't have the know-how, don't have the resources, and they are also dealing with so many more students in a classroom than they need to. The, the schools need additional support. Yeah, I really, I really agree with that. We know, you know, we had the drug programs and all that stuff, but we never really had a program where we're taught what the responsibility should be with them. I mean, they're not meant to be messed around with. They're meant to be used as a tool, I believe, for protection. So I really think that, you know, you were saying with the with the police department that we should um, <clears throat> be keeping kids aware of the responsibility that comes with that kind of area. You know, we shouldn't be deterred from them and made afraid of them. But I think, you know, we really need to use the resources that we have to make the teen, um, uh, you know, this generation and our teens more aware of what happens when you handle them. You know, you need to be responsible in what you're doing. You need to know how to handle them if you're going to handle them at all. And I think with the whole programs after school, you know, we need to be talking to our teens more. I think that people misunder mis uh, understand them at most times. So it's, it's a pretty touchy subject and, you know, most people think, oh, you know, they're bad and we need to keep them from them. I think that it comes down to the fact that we need to teach them what they're meant to be used for and how we can be responsible with it. Absolutely. But I, but I think also one of the, the, the responsibilities I would say um, that does fall on, on the schools is that the bullying has often... Yeah you know, way too long. And, you know, when you go into a school and you, you have a bullying situation, you're often getting told, you're being told one thing from the principal, another thing from the teachers. And so young people are very confused. And so some of these yeah. young folks who are taking guns, um, they have been left out in the cold with trying to, you know, resolve conflicts on their own. And yeah. that doesn't mean that they're right to pick up a gun. I would never, you know, support that. But Right. out and whole in resolving issues in a lot of cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very, very much for sharing all of this insight. And there truly are many facets to the complicated equation of gun violence. And I'm glad to know that you, Yasmin, are shedding light on all of them. During the break, be sure to check out Yasmin's website at yasminshiraz.com, where you can find informative videos as well as information on Yasmin's work and books. Again, that's yasminshiraz.com. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Also, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our conversation with Yasmin. 
teen, you've become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams, and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 14 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you ready for what's next. Life at 14, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. It's Kids and Cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? Join your hosts, who are both car enthusiasts, as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. If you missed the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. We are back with our amazing guest, Yasmin Shiraz, a true silence breaker. A woman of many gifts, Yasmin has used her writing and filmmaking abilities to address a variety of crucial contemporary issues, including gun violence, girl fights, bullying, and teen pregnancy. Yasmin is now out with an HIV-AIDS awareness film entitled Growing Up Positive. The film explores how two girls who are both HIV-positive went through puberty, dated, and were treated personally and by society at large. Hi again, Yasmin. Hi there. Thank you for joining us back again. I'm excited to talk about this film because I was researching more into it, and it seems both very informative, but it hits on all the right parts of this very complicated issue, and I thank you for producing something like this. So what motivated you to actually produce it? Um, I wanted to actually do a book, write a novel about a young person who um, was HIV positive. And uh, in my research, I started reaching out to activists and was just two young women that I interviewed actually for a book that I was working on and decided that I wanted to invest in their stories and put it on film so that people could see it and and really, you know, see these young women. So not just a, a novel or, you know, that was created and sort of made up, but people could see their real stories. And so um, they really inspired me to do this film. 
I like that. And I like how you're shedding light on that kind of thing because that kind of issue and that kind of subject is very touchy and, you know, people don't like talking about it because it's uncomfortable. Uh, But what really did you learn from working with those two subjects in the film? Because I'm sure you've learned a lot and you can use that to tell other people about all these things that you've learned. Well, you know, one thing that I learned, which was really mind-blowing, is that HIV truly affects people differently. One of my young ladies, both of the young HIV positive, one young lady literally never had a symptom, never had to take a pill, never had anything go wrong with her body until Hmm. she became sexually active. I could not believe that. My other person film, Hydea, she immediately, you know, after she was about three years old, had to get on medication immediately. So it's very interesting to know that you can actually have HIV and you never be sort of symptomatic, like you never get sick. And I thought that was something that was really um, shocking to me. Another Another um, instance that was sort of interesting to me is that the church, uh, Abby uh, attended a church growing up, and, her, and though her parents were like founding members of the church, when the, when the family went and said, hey, we found out, you know, Abby has been diagnosed and she has HIV, they kicked them out. I was so uh, Oh, my gosh. I know because in our society, people think, oh, when you have a problem, go to the church. And Abby's parents were so vocal in telling me, you know, like they kicked him out and and, and they couldn't believe it. And listen, I couldn't believe it either. And I was sitting there interviewing them. I couldn't believe it. So there were things where the church that you think this should be my source of strength. They discriminated against them. I couldn't believe it. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you brought that up because in the previous segment, we were talking about how there's such a need to dispel all these myths about HIV. And I hope that with a film like yours, we can slowly begin to do that because even though this virus has been in America for over 30 years now, or it's been identified as being in America for over 30 years now, there's still so many misconceptions about it that really haven't been undercut. And what do you hope that your audience is going to take away from this film? Do you hope that they're going to get a better understanding of this disease overall and, you know, understand things like it's not airborne, it's not, um, you know, you can't get it by sharing a pencil with someone or sharing a chair with someone? What, what types of things do you hope your audience is going to take away from your film? Well, absolutely. I, I want I want people to um, be compassionate. You know, I was surprised that um, the subjects in the film were discriminated against in the ways that they were. Yeah. Um, Dia shared in in the film that um, girls, you know, how you might have a girl issue. Someone doesn't like you, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you're ugly or whatever." They mm-hmm. told, "Oh, you're going to die anyway." So I am hoping that people see this film and they say, you know what? I'm going to be more compassionate when I see the next person. I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be kinder. I hope that seeing the challenges that these two women faced, who incidentally, they were born this way. They didn't go out and do anything, right? They were born Mm -hmm. this way. I want people to understand that we need more compassion. 
uh, and love and kindness in our communities. That's one of the main messages. Like I was drawn to this story because I was drawn to these young women. And I said, what can I do to get your story out there? So I hope it's something that develops a sense of compassion and kindness among the people who watch it. That is definitely very needed. And I'm so glad that is your main um part of your project because I think you know with that thing with this disease that people are going through with HIV and AIDS that it's a very sad thing to be going through because you feel like you're isolated you feel like you know you're probably a threat to everybody and you definitely need some sort of support with that kind of thing you need encouragement from your family members especially your family members uh and your friends and you know it's it's the worst to have somebody alienate you and i really think that what you're doing is perfect because society really needs to step up and um help you know hold up and lift up these girls well absolutely and and one of the you know, interesting parts of the film is that both of the young women were looking for love and and that, you know, you grow up and they tell you, hey, you're going to find your prince charming. And in the film, I don't want to spoil it, but one person was able to find their prince charming. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, in, in interviewing them, I just continued to get this sense that they just wanted to be loved. And because they came into this world with this black mark on them, that they didn't have 100% certainty of believing that I'm going to find somebody to love me. Mm -hmm. So so that is something that as a woman, um, I definitely relate to. Yeah. And I think this notion that love conquers all, that applies to so many of these other weighty issues that we're kind of afraid to confront. I mean, you can take girl fights, date rape, teen suicide, all of these that you've addressed. Mm -hmm. And how do you find these sorts of projects that you really want to tackle? You know, I'm, you know, I, I, my ears are normal size, but in my mind, I have elephant ears. I mean, I'm out (laughs) there listening to, you know, stories on people, my readers, they write to me. I've had more than my share of readers who've written to me contemplating suicide. Um, so I had to, I'm drawn to the projects that my readers talk to me about. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very much, if I, if you tell me, you know, Hey, I'm dealing with domestic violence or, you know, my, my dad hits my mom, I'm going to be the person who then goes and does some research and says, okay, what can I do to bring this topic up and provide some type of forum or platform for solutions. So I would say, you know, um, my greatest asset in finding these projects is simply listening. Mm. I, I just listen listen to what people are saying. If I'm going out and doing a speaking engagement and someone comes up to me afterwards and, and shares a story or shares something, I will then, you know, if I'm touched and moved by it, I will put it sort of in my memory bank and say, okay, you know, that person talked to me for a reason. Do I need to elevate that story to a larger audience? And, and so I'm always listening and, and applaud my readers um, um, for sharing such emotional stories with me. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you do that. And you mentioned that you're a teen speaker. And I think that's absolutely wonderful that you talk to teens that way and you give them hope and you give them knowledge and all that stuff and that's 
absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yeah, thank you very, very much, Yasmin, for sharing all of this information. On behalf of Asia, I, and all of our listeners, we're so grateful for the work you're doing to shift perspectives, bring awareness, create change, and we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you so much for coming on today. During the break, be sure to visit Yasmin's website at yasminshiraz.com, where you can keep up with all of her incredible projects. I'm Hannah Hundel. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. During the break, please visit our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Beat the Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Bon appetit! Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Hannah Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is Guns, HIV, and Teens. And I'm Adrian Gonzalez. Now, earlier in the show, Hannah took on her health niche by exploring the topics of HIV and AIDS. As a social responsibility reporter, I wanted to share some insight on gun violence. And me, I've moved around uh, to a couple different areas, actually. I've lived in three states. It's kind of crazy, but it's really cool. But I grew up in many areas, and all those areas were very different culture-wise and atmosphere-wise. And it was very um, diversified in their uh, approach to the gun laws. And when I was younger, I lived in an area that wasn't very friendly in California. It was a sketchy area. And there were times where my dad had to protect us. And it was very scary moments. Um, We've had people, we lived right by an alley and we've had people, you know, start some conflicts. And my dad had to protect us in that um, situation. And we are responsible gun owners who believe that a gun is a tool, not a toy. And a gun is dangerous when someone chooses to use it for the wrong reasons. We grew up around guns and we were taught how to handle them. And it comes down to the responsibility of the parents to teach their kids how to handle the responsibility of being around guns. Yes. It's 
it's a very touchy subject that people don't like talking about because so many things have happened. And but I think that it's it's something that definitely needs to be talked about because our parents handled it correctly, where they taught us, you know, a gun. Uh, we own guns, and we um, we treat them with respect. We treat them with responsibility, and we know when to use them and when to not use them. And, you know, my parents did a really good job at teaching us, me and my brothers, Mm -hmm. uh, there's the three of us, and they did a really great job teaching us how to be responsible and safe around them. Not that we need to fear them, that they are something bad, but that they're a tool that is used for protection, um, not violence. And when we moved to Arizona, it was different to see how different the, the gun laws were in Arizona, you are allowed to carry a gun in public. It was completely opposite in California where you can't do that at all unless you were specially given a permit uh, to carry one. And But we were raised not to fear guns. We were not affected negative, negatively from this. I actually found that this gave much more safety, you know, because I believe that guns aren't used for protection, as I said earlier, not violence. It's unsettling to see how the media portrays guns, you know, uh, people believe that guns are the problem. And I believe that it's actually the people who choose to make those wrong decisions to harm people with, with guns. Um, Mm -hmm. and one thing I think that is a really great, uh, just thought to have is when there's a bombing, you know, the bomber is blamed for it, not the bomb. And, you know, people are saying, Oh, the bomber is persecuting on this. We thrown in jail. They did something horrible. And they don't put any blame on the bomb, correct? Um, well, with when there's a shooting, there's a lot of blame on how guns are dangerous, not the shooter. And I'm actually attending a school who had a shooting um, last year in December, uh, about two years ago in December. And it was very, very um, unsettling to see how the whole school was affected by it. You know, they were completely shut off from any talk about guns or or anything close to that subject because of what happened and i think a lot of the teens were um now afraid of that kind of thing and i think that it's that society's way of viewing that is very irresponsible that giving teens a fear of our second amendment is very irresponsible and if society were to show how guns are supposed to be used as a tool to be used responsibly teens would have a better knowledge about them right right and i i first of all i loved a lot of your analogies here that a gun is a tool, not a toy, and also the analogy with the bomb. And I, I totally agree that education is the key here to handling yeah. guns better. And I love how you put it on the parents, especially, to teach their children from a young age how to handle these tools, as you say. And from a young age, I think when you grow up in that type of environment, you're much less afraid of them. I was reading a quote, it said something along the lines of, if a person is afraid of a gun, then you might want to ask, are you afraid of a car? And if they say no, it's why not? It's because I learned how to drive it. Exactly. Learn how to operate a gun, you'll Mm -hmm. be much less afraid of it. And I think it's interesting how your parents allowed you to grow up in this type of environment from a very early age. I know my parents, I didn't grow up around guns. And so primarily, I got my information from online or just through discussions. So although we didn't have guns in our home, we were still educated about them. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's an an important point also that you don't have to own a gun to know how to use a gun and how to approach a gun and how to handle this tool. 
Yeah, yeah, and you know, I I found a statistic um, from the FBI crime report and the um, uh, NHTSA, which is uh, the National Highway um, uh, Traffic Safety Administration, and according to the FBI crime report in 2010, 32,788 people died from uh, auto automobile crashes in 2010, and in that same year. 8,775 people died from gun deaths. Now, I had to use the 2010 year because the crime reports from the FBI uh, Bureau uh, mm -hmm. are a few a few years behind. Right. But it just goes hand in hand with what you said with the car. You know, people learn how to drive a car. Why not learn how to handle a gun? Or if you don't know how to handle one yet, don't be irresponsible on handling it the wrong way. You know, if you're going to handle one, consult a professional first. So, right. uh, and you know, when you're dealing with kids and guns, it adds so much, so many more tax to this mess. I mean, I was recently reading in the news about a woman, she had four children and she had her two year old with her in Walmart and she had a legal permit to carry her gun and her two year old sitting in the cart, pulled out the gun and shot it, killing her in Walmart. And when you're dealing with children and guns, I mean, although you want to teach them from a young age, how to handle these. I mean, you got to exercise some sort of judgment there and, you know, not have bullets in the chamber when your children are around like that and they're two years old and they don't know what they're doing. So it, what the takeaway for me is that there's so many facets to this gun equation, as I said yeah. before, and it's so complex and sometimes it's hard to even find a way to sink our teeth into it. Yeah, you know, that story, I think, you know, there's fault in what she did. You know, one, you know, you need to keep your kids, you know, under your eye and make sure they're not going through your purse because one, you know, that's your purse anyway. But if she had a gun in there, I really think that she should have been more responsible with seeing if her kids were going through her purse. Because if she knew she had a gun in there, then she had to have been more responsible not letting her kids go through that area. Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's such a complex issue. And I think it's interesting how us as teens are talking about it on this program. Mm -hmm. I think it's indicative of the fact that it's sort of trickling down, as Yasmin mentioned, to affecting young people now. It's not just an, an adult yeah. issue. Because kids it are growing it. up in families with guns, it's important for kids to talk about it as well. Because it is. affecting starting an early age. And I think it should be talked about seriously. And, you know, I'm really glad that we can have this conversation about this topic without, you know, the emotions getting in the way that we're able to talk about this in a civilized way, how we're just expressing our views and that on this radio show, we're allowed to be uh, expressing our views. And I believe that everyone should be taught the responsibility and respect for handling guns and being around them and that we shouldn't be so sensitive to the topic that we can't talk about it with our teens or with anybody else around us. Absolutely. And, you know, with the story of this two-year-old and, and this tragedy I wonder how old were you when your parents really started having these serious dialogues about guns with you? Because I think age is a crucial factor here. It is. I think it depends on the maturity of of uh, the subject. You know, if your parents um, had a very good uh, introduction to it when they were kids. You know, if you were to bring your kids into the light of guns, um, it just it depends on the parents' uh, view on it. My parents uh, introduced me to guns. I was the firstborn. They introduced me to it quite early on when I was um, a toddler. So, you know, I mean, I wasn't handling them at the time, but they, you know, introduced me to the responsibility of it. But uh, thank you so much, Hannah. And this was actually a great conversation for this 
for this topic. And it may be tough, but the solutions may be hazy. And But just by bringing these issues into light, we're ready for taking steps in the right direction. And as always, all good things must come to an end. And this show gave us a comprehensive look at gun violence, HIV and AIDS, and their effects on the world we share. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Via Star You Are, and Kid Star for producing this show where we empower kids. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Hannah Hundle. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teams talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be informed, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself go. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm. Now from the, now from the Kidstar of the Month, here is the Wisp Pops and their song, Sea Turtle. Left so many clues
Kids start album of the month. 